0: This time I invite you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. And if you're not in the habit of doing so, I especially encourage you to, because today we're going to read the scripture twice. Uh, Once, just the way it is, and the second time, I want to read and highlight how many times in these verses in 2 Corinthians 5 we're talking about the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins. That it is the theme of these verses. And then it comes up again and again and again. And to remind us that that we as the body of Christ, whether here or in Iran, we are the communion of saints. We share communion together. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect, it doesn't mean that we're holy, but we are the communion of saints made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as the communion of saints, we have a message to share with the world which is the message of the forgiveness of sins through the grace of Christ. So as you hear these verses today, we're going to read it once, and I'll say this is the word of the Lord. I invite you to respond, thanks be to God. And then the second time through, I want to read again, and almost to the point of being clumsy and redundant, reiterate how often we're talking about these things, of the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins. Before we turn to God's word together, let's pray. God, you are holy, and you are good, and you love us so dearly. So in your love, speak to us today, O God. Speak to us your truth. Allow us to hear and see the purpose and calling that you have given to each one of us. May you plant the good news of the forgiveness of sins deep within our hearts, and may you equip us to be the communion of saints in the world, entrusted with this good news. Lord, Open your word to us today, we pray. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now, hear this again, knowing that when it's talking about us, when it's we or you, it's the communion of saints. And the message of the communion of saints is the message of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ our Lord. So hear how the creed flows out of this passage in Scripture. So from now on, we, the communion of saints, regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we, the communion of saints, once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here through the forgiveness of sins. All of this forgiveness of sins is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, which is the forgiveness of sins. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, but the forgiveness of sins that he has committed to us, the communion of saints, this message of reconciliation and forgiveness of sins. We, the communion of saints, are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, the communion of saints. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For the forgiveness of sins is this, that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him the communion of saints might become the righteousness of God. We are the communion of saints. We celebrate God's grace and forgiveness and this is not a miracle to be taken lightly but rather as we receive the good news of the forgiveness of sins, as we recognize that we are a part of the communion of saints, we also know that God didn't reconcile us and say good job all done. But rather, the communion of saints is given a task. That we are Christ's ambassadors, that that we are told that it is as if Jesus is making his appeal through us. That we are the ones who carry this message of the forgiveness of sins. It's hard to wrap our minds around, it can be simple and beautiful or elaborate and complex. I think sometimes we almost need to visualize this to to think of what it means to us that, that we have been reconciled through the blood of Christ, and that because of that, we are given a task. That the Communion of Saints is not a country club of the comfortable, but is a collection of missionaries who carry this good news. I wondered if there is a way to visualize this a little bit of our role of the Communion of Saints. And I'm going to call Ben DeBoer forward at this time as a partially willing volunteer. Because a few weeks ago, Ben preached, and he used me as an example. And so, I mean, what would I be if I didn't partake in some playful retribution? It's not a spiritual gift, by the way. But thank you for coming up. Um, Ben... Now this is different than what we did with Braden at the very beginning of the series where I gave him a whole bunch of books and said, here's all the things you need to know about Christianity and go share it with 10,000 people. That was a big stack of books and information and knowledge and we're reminded that we need to just boil it down sometimes to the Apostles' Creed. But I remember when you were preaching, you asked me, I was standing right there ready to go to my knees. You're like, Stephen, are you a sinful person? Yes. So, Ben, I'm just going to say that you're also a sinful person. Yes, yes, I am. And sins are burdens that we carry. Now, there are some burdens that we carry that are not sins, but our sin in its entirety, in its individuality, is a burden. So, I thought I'd start by giving you. <laughs> you're the perfect person for this. Thank you. Thank you. I think that you are probably a physically stronger person than me. So. So you've got 25 pounds of burden in each hand. So you've got 50 pounds. Now, you can handle this, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and if you wanted to, I'm not going to make you, but if you wanted, you could probably almost jog down the center aisle and back because you're carrying a burden, but it's bearable. It's heavy. It'll get heavier the longer we go. I wonder how long this sermon's going to be, Ben. We'll see. We'll see. But there's something that works out well about having Ben up here being the one who's carrying the burdens right now because Ben in Hebrew means son. Ben Yamin is son of my right hand and we remember from a few weeks ago that Jesus is the son who sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Ben also as son more generally can represent all of us as sons and daughters of God. All of us in the communion of saints, still doing good? Okay, good. All of us in the communion of saints are sons and daughters of God. Ben, in this way, represents us, people who carry burdens of sin. Now, some of this is your doing. I believe in accountability of actions, of responsibility for actions, but I want you to know that despite the sins that you carry, that some of these you willfully commit, some of them you passively commit, that it's not in some ways your fault that you are a sinner because you were born into sin here's my point so when I lifted weights which isn't very often and honestly not very well I mean come on um, we always called these the millstones the 45 pounders that you put on the end and you know they come in pairs which is great because I've got two of them now you can handle those 50 pounds Mm -hmm. but I wonder if you set those down a second If we were to tie you, oh, don't worry, that's just another prop clattering in there. If we were to attach the sin that you were born into from Genesis 3, the first disobedience, the first sin, if we were to attach you to it, if it would paint for the picture for all of us that we are born into sin and that we are tied to it, aren't you glad you picked on me? And, you know, we sometimes think about chains. And so I would just like you to offer your hands as if you were a prisoner, because we believe that we are captive prisoners to sin. I think if I loop this one here, it'll work. Yeah, that'll be good. And we've got a good 90 pounds of sin. Don't worry, I brought quick links. And you know what the best part is? Sin, it's not really the best. This is actually the worst part. Um, you know, the sin that we're born into is not something easily removed. And so it's not just like a quick link. It'd be like as if I took this quick link. Do you know what JB Weld is? No. It's a cool thing that if you're not good at welding like me, you can use little bits of it and mix it up. And it's kind of like a metal weld that can happen it'd be as if we took these quick links and filled them up with J.B. Weld before we actually got them. So we'll just maybe put one right here. And here we are, tied to our sins. Now, if I were to ask you to jog down the center aisle and back, you'd have a harder time doing it. So now this is the sin that we are born with. We are born into sin, And we are told by Paul to not regard anyone from a worldly point of view any longer, but through the lens of Christ. And so it is easy to look into the world and say, look at all of those sinners. But if you want to look at a sinner, first look in the mirror. For we are all sinners saved by grace. But the worldly point of view would say that we are just looking at all the sinners. But I wonder if people who think and act differently than us, if we take the easy way out by saying they're just sinners, what if part of our missionary calling as Christians, as part of the communion of saints, is to recognize the difference between a sinful person just like us and a desperate person? Because if I started to roll these weights towards the edge, Ben would rightly become more desperate. Because if these weights go over the edge, they will fall. And he will fall with them. Friends, I believe that much of the sin that we are attached to makes us desperate. And a lot of sin is self punishing. We know from Romans that the wages of sin is death, but often the consequences of sin are self punishing while we still live here on earth, and that we are tied to this burden. And there is really, don't worry, I got the chain recently. There's not a physical way for you to break through it. There's not a way for you to outsmart the chain. I know they're quick links, but that's where the analogy falls apart a little bit. I did not J.B. Weld them for the record. But this is what it's like. When Paul talks about you're the communion of saints, he means that you have been detached from this weight, the part that could make you desperate, the part that if these weights go over the edge, that Ben will be in a world of hurt. We're not gonna do that to him. We do like him. But rather, we need to be rescued. The communion of saints is about being rescued by God from our sins. And and sometimes we we need something kind of visual and I would say almost visceral to think about how we are rescued from our sin. Because earlier, Ben could have held these 25-pound weights for a long time. No doubt about that. Ben could have held them for a long time because sometimes we think our sin is a minor inconvenience or it's kind of a problem, but we don't think about our desperate need for Jesus. That we can think, oh, I'll take care of that eventually. I can quit anytime I want. I'll say sorry when I'm ready to. I'll eventually, maybe I will, I should, I should, I should, I should, continuously. Our rescuing through Christ is like the bolt cutters of salvation no one will be injured in this example but i think about being set free from sin hopefully (laughs) (laughs) oh it totally worked the first time i think of this and now ben your salvation bolt cutters have made it pretty easy for you to remove the chains and the sin that is the wages of death has been removed from you, and this is the good news. This is being reconciled. This is the forgiveness of sins. However, there's a problem. Sometimes, even when we've been set free from our sin, we are so used to it, we are addicted to our sin, that sometimes people pick things back up. They go back to their sin because it's what they're used to, it's what they're familiar with, and if you think, no, that's crazy, Well, the Israelites in the Old Testament were set free from slavery, but then they got a little bit hungry in the desert, they got a little bit scared, and then they wanted to go back to Egypt. They're like, well, you know, we were slaves, but at least we had food, at least it was familiar. We go back to what is familiar. Even when we've been set free from sin and death, we go back to our sin anyway. Now, it is no longer going to drag us down in the same way. It is no longer an eternal damnation. But it's still, it's occupying us, it's burdening us, it's the things that we hold on to. And maybe we set one thing down and we pick another one up. And maybe sometimes we make great spiritual progress and we set one down but we pick up a different one. But then we get stressed, we, something bad happens, we get hard news, we go through a tough time, we go through trials and tribulations and you know what? We could turn to Christ as we hope that we should and would and remember that we are set free, that we are the communion of saints who have been forgiven of these sins that we were once tied to. But more often than not, we go back to what's familiar. We go back to old habits, to old addictions, to old sins that they feel comforting. Though they are bad, they feel familiar. And don't worry, you don't have to, let's see, I can't put this in your pocket really. Oh, you can just hold this one. Sometimes we take up just the little things. We're like, My sin isn't so bad, but it's still a burden. And we can't carry all of them, though we could try. And eventually, with our hands full of sin, carrying these burdens, we can't handle anything else, can we? (laughs) Even when we are set free from sin and death, we still might be crippled by the sins that we carry because it's hard to embrace the full forgiveness of Christ. But there are those moments, Ben, aren't there? Where we get close to God again. Where we remember who we really are in Christ and we set everything down. And at its best, we set them here, but ultimately we set them there at the foot of the cross. We need moments to remember and to be brought back to the cross that that's where our sin belongs and that we're no longer anchored to it. So why then would we live as if we need to carry these things when we've been set free from them by the bolt cutters of salvation? Now there's only one other problem. This is a lifelong habit of the communion of saints. This is why we need each other. This is why we need church. This is why we need our brothers and sisters to surround us and encourage us because every now and then, Ben or you is going to pick up a weight again and we need the communion of saints together to say, stop carrying that. Not to shame him, not to say, Ben, you person that's picking that up again. But rather, we need to admonish one another, encourage, and even exercise discipline in saying, stop picking those things up. You're not meant to carry them any longer. And this is good. This is the function of the communion of saints, is to remind us of the freedom we have in Christ, is to not shame those who are caught in addiction, but to walk alongside of them and say, can we find you some help to help you set that down and let that go? This is part of the communion of saints. And that if we can view each other that way, then we no longer review the world from a worldly point of view, but we see everyone we meet as someone who is carrying a weight that they are not meant to carry, that Jesus longs to set them free from, and that they could be a part of the communion of saints. This is the body of Christ at work. There's only one other problem, that sometimes the communion of saints, the church, gets a bad reputation as not being the place where we're set free from our burdens, but rather sometimes the communion of saints, the church gets a reputation for being the people who hand burdens out and say, okay, good, you're free from these sins, now carry all these things instead. This is a mistake in our own calling. But Ben, you can set that down and you can head back to your seat and thank you Because the communion of saints was not meant to hand out burdens. The communion of saints was called to hand out bread. The communion of saints is not the place where we are reminded of our shame. The communion of saints is the place where we're reminded of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is in remembrance and communion and hope that we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. That we remember that we were set free from the millstones of our sin. Sound for emphasis. That we are set free and that we are called to help one another live in that same freedom in remembrance, communion, and hope. In remembrance that once we were a broken people, but now we are the people of God. In remembering that once we carried our sin and our burdens, but in Christ we are set free. Remembering that Jesus was born into the world, that he lived for us, that he died for us, and that he rose again for us. That we do so in remembrance and also in communion. That we, friends, are the communion of saints. That we are meant to encourage and admonish and sometimes rebuke and discipline one another and saying, stop carrying those burdens. Because we share this communion with one another in encouragement, and also we share it with Christ, our Lord, who calls us to his table we also come in hope. We come in the sure and certain hope that Christ shall return and make all things new. And so friends, communion of saints gathered here and friends participating online. Communion of saints, remember as you partake of the Lord's Supper, the forgiveness of sins that has made you the people of God.